Hey, this is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. And if you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsis. He's prepared to ignite. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world, and I want to welcome you to today's episode, which is which is a mashup. Again, we have two fantastic guests that I'm going to share with you very soon. Hey team, if you haven't already checked out the Facebook group or the LinkedIn page, please come along and join those platforms. And of course, I want to say big congratulations to Sean Willard, who is somebody who is the 500th, so 500 people on the LinkedIn platform. He is the 500th person to join that page. And a big congratulations to, to Sean. Sean is based in South Africa and a great guy and, and a very good friend as well. Okay, team. So those are the two platforms. Now, my two guests today. Oh, wow. These are really, really great leaders. From episode 129, Phil Holden. He's an independent director and a consultant. He shares some really awesome things with me, and in particular, soft skills are hard skills. Episode 131, Peggy Smith. She's a chief people executive and consultant. And Peggy also shares some really great things as well. So team, get your pen and paper ready, take notes. And if you haven't got something to take notes with, go back and listen to it again or listen to those episodes as well. But sit back and enjoy the mashup. And now you've brought the subject up about history. So here's the next question for you. And it is somebody who could be from alive or from history. Who's your favorite leader, Phil, and, and why? I've got a lot of them because uh, I'm a bit of a history buff. One of my favourites is Leonidas, who was the king of Sparta. You know, and the reason I like him was that his values drove his actions and those of his people at that time. So we're talking 480 BC. And his value set was so strong that because the, the Spartans at the time had made a commitment to support their Greek allies in the battle against Persia. And he went up to you know, address the gods and uh, read an oracle, and they, they basically said, you can't go, you can't take the Spartan army. And so he had, because he'd made this commitment, he took his personal bodyguard of 300 because that was all he was allowed to do. And they all died at, this, at the Battle of Thermopylae. And it was his single-minded values-based leadership that really did has resonated with me, you know, because 
not that I want to, you know, he, he was prepared to go all the way knowing that he wasn't going to get off that uh, hill. And it was a, you know, a commitment that they made. And it was all about their values. I mean, ultimately, those values destroyed that particular culture because they just got so introverted. But the notion of it, you know, was, I think, really important. Napoleon Bonaparte, another historical guy. And, but, you know, what has resonated with me and the, re- the reading that I've done with him about him is just the way that he engaged with his men and his, uh, mm. his people. They loved him. And he loved them, you know, and he, he was really smart and clever about how he was able to engage with his people and talk to his people. And, you know, people like Alexander the Great, another one, you know, he remembered people's names in an army of 40,000 people. He could ride along that line and stop his horse and go, tell me about your dad or, your, you know, how's your family back home and how are you feeling? And, you know, I know you got hurt at that last, but, you know, those sorts of been able to um, – take care of the little people. And I think that's something that I've always had in my back of my mind is that notion of looking after the people that don't necessarily get the recognition that they might deserve can really pay real dividends. And, you know, I think that's just so important. And our former Prime Minister, Sir John Key, if you park the political colour, I was lucky enough to to be at different places where he was at. So I was, in, uh, at that time, I was CEO of the Lion Foundation, and we were funding all these different initiatives across the country. And he was invariably opening them. So I, you know, I, I got the opportunity to have a few chats to him, or at least just watch him observe him. And one of the most important things that he did, more than anything else, and why people just support, you know, just, just absolutely adored him, was. He listened to the little, he just took the time out. He'd make small chat and he actually connected with people really powerfully. And it was a gift. I think that that ability to engage, to give people the courtesy of your time, to remember the small stuff and remember them, or um, at least engage with them is really important, you know, right through from, you know, those those three or four people that I've just mentioned. Yeah, awesome. They're great, great examples that you shared there as well, for sure. And so, um, Phil, I'm just mindful of time and your time. So let's just move on. The next yeah. question I've got here is leadership is changing and um, that's the title of the show. Well, what does that mean for you? Well, I think um, for me, as I said earlier about the notion of the soft skills and how that has now manifested itself in our current environment to being something that is absolutely essential, particularly in the post-COVID world that we're living in in New Zealand. The focus on people's well-being, uh, building the appropriate coach culture, you know, t- looking after our people or people, uh, I think is you know, I think that has been one of the fundamental sh- shifts that I've seen over the last uh, five to ten years, where it's moved from being probably not something that was seen as as important. It was about how hard you were, how tough a negotiator you were, you know, all that sort of stuff. It was outputs and results at all costs versus actually we need to bring our people with us. So I I think that's been a fundamental change. And, you know, and within the current generation of young people coming through, you know, I often, you know, you often hear the comments about, oh, the millennials, you know, know, gosh, they've got it, you know, know, they're just so young and they just don't understand. Well, I had to facilitate a, uh, it's kind of like a Q&A session at a function I was at with uh, a group of millennials. And, you know, my framework for that is, well, tell me what the average age was to the audience of the people on the front, uh, on the uh, control panel uh, for the uh, lunar landing in 1969. 
and the average age is 26. You know, so they, these were young people in 1969 kind of making it up as they went because no one, you know, they were at the forefront of it. And it's easy to think that they were older, they were different, but they were 26 years old, average age. So that means there was a hell of a lot of really young people there. And it's, it's something that's easily forgotten when you think about where we are right now. So, you know, every generation's got its own young you know, challenges and those sort of things. So I think that that notion of the soft skills and culture and leadership has changed quite a lot. Yep. Soft skills, culture, and leadership. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, excellent. Very good. Here's an interesting question for you. Now, this person could be alive or from history. Who's your favorite leader and why? Oh, my goodness. I, I think I step back, Dennis, and as I think about this, I, I choose a set of characteristics and attributes for a leader. So let me sort of give you that and give you the story here. So I think about individuals that are inspirational, that show up authentically, mm. that have a great deal of humility. Those are major character values for me that when I think about my leadership, or not myself personally, but who is my favorite leader. So I got a, an interesting story for you, Dennis, because I don't know if you're a golf person, but for the golf lovers out there, they'll, they'll resonate with this story. So I hope we can bring them along on this. So a gentleman named Ben Crenshaw. So Ben Crenshaw, you know, back in his day, you know, he was with Arnie and, and Jack, you know, he's probably maybe sort of the tiger of the time. At any point, any rate, you know, Ben was the captain of the U.S. Ryder Cup team. Now, we both know, Dennis, that golf is largely an individual sport. Okay. Ryder Cup is a competition between the United States and Europe that's played, you know, every two years, right? And it's where the team has to, it, where the group of golfers have to come together as a team. Mm. Okay. So Ben was the coach. He was the captain, actually, is what they're called. He was the captain of the U.S. Ryder Cup team in 1999. Now, uh, if you follow golf at all, and my and your your loyal listeners that do will know this story quite well. So going into the final round on that, and this was in Brookline, Massachusetts, and my husband and I happened to be there. And going into the final round, the U.S. was down 10 to 6. And Ben's sitting, and it, it, the, Europe only needed four more points to win the cup. And so Ben's sitting in the media room and he says this, he said, I'm going to leave y'all with a thought. He said, I'm a big believer in fate and I've got a good feeling about this. Now, there's a couple of asterisks I want to add to this, Dennis. Number one, not only was he telling the crowd, I got faith and confidence in my team, even if you don't. And you know, his team was in the back listening. They're like, what's he going to go out there and say about us? So, so you think about the inspiration that he's giving to them. And you could feel his authenticity. Here's where I knew the guy was an incredible leader. Roll forward. It's a couple years later. And I happened to be in London on business. And it's on a Saturday morning. And I went down to the hotel lobby and I'm having breakfast and I was by myself and came out of the breakfast area. And lo and behold, in the, in the lobby is Ben and his wife. And I thought, I got it. I just got to go up. I got to go up and say hi to this guy. So I walk up to him and I said, hi, Ben, you know, Peggy Smith. And one of the first things he did, Dennis, he pushed his chair back and he got up and he met me eye to eye and he introduced himself, introduced his wife to me. And I told him what an incredible thing that was in Brookline. You know, and we talked a little bit of golf and whatever. So we, you know, chit chatted. We went on about my day, went out. Okay, I come back at the end of the day, walk through the bar. Who's in the bar? Ben and Julie. He comes up to me. No kidding. He comes up to me, wants to know how my day was. 
Because oh, he remembered the conversation eight hours earlier. And I thought a couple of things. Let's tie this back to leadership. I thought, my gosh, how do you show up when the cameras aren't on? You know, there are no cameras. I mean, I'm just some lowly American walking through the lobby, you know, for goodness sakes. And the fact that he took the time, he was so gracious. He was so respectful of his wife. He was respectful of me as a female. He stood up. I thought, my gosh, I need to learn from this guy. So when I think about authenticity, humility, inspiration, not only did he inspire those group of golfers, and by the way, the U.S. won. Oh, yeah. But not only, yeah, you know, you got to get that in there, Dennis. Not only that, but I thought he's inspiring me to be better in how I show up, even on the days off. That's what I took away. And so he's one of my favorite. I love that man. What a wonderful story. I mean, you're so right. I mean, we do, it's how we do show up all the time. And it's not just, I, I, I mean, I think it's even Piggy right in your own home and you see the, the way he respected his wife and so forth. And even if you aren't being seen by other people, they know, they, they'll pick up on it. And it's really quite interesting to see how that happens. And I think what you just said there about how do you show up when the cameras aren't on? That is brilliant. That is that is exactly the way that as leader, that, I think that's the leadership piece. That's not when that's. I think the cameras on. That's the showman, shape person piece. The leader is what you just said is when it's the cameras not on. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, you know, Dennis, I'm a I'm a big believer in that, and you know, and again, the camera is a metaphor. It's mm. when you're not in front of your team. It's when you're in. And look, we're seeing actually, Dennis. Let's flip to the counter side of this for just a second here. We're seeing some ugly sides of leadership when they don't realize the camera is running Mm -hmm. and they're caught on a hot mic and you're like, wow. And so it it is really, truly being authentic to yourself 24-7. I mean, yes, we all have down moments. Certainly I do. But at the core, do you show up with goodness in your heart? Yep. Brilliant. I, I I I love the story and I love the way that you've just shared that for sure. And I, I think it's fantastic, just the way that he actually stood up, looked at you in the eyes, and then, you know, at the same level, but also treated you afterwards as well. I think that's fantastic. And I think I even think about this as well as that even if I go to my local cafe, a restaurant, something like that, the way that they treat you. And I think it all comes down to, if we can summarize it, how you treat people is what they'll remember. Oh, oh, Dennis, 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 my favorite poet is a woman named Maya Angelou. Yep. And she has this great quote, it's not what you said or did, it's how you made me feel. Mm. And I love what you just talked about, about the, the wait staff. They have a name tag on for a reason. It doesn't take any more energy for you to say, hey, John, whatever their name is, how is your day? Because most people don't do that. So that could be the person at the airport that's checking your bag, person that's taking your drink order, the person, quite frankly, that's delivering your mail, whatever it is, it is, we're, we're all with almost 7 billion of us here sharing this thing called earth, but we're humans. Mm. Let's reflect that. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm actually a believer whereby I think that nowadays because of technology, this is where the, the people who aren't authentic, transparent and so forth is being emphasized in the sense it's been there's a big microscope on them because of technology where they've always been, some people have been like that all the time, but we just didn't hear it or see it. But now a lot of people are see, hearing it, seeing it and demanding it to be to be really good too, So, which is really interesting. So Peggy, here's a question for you. Leadership is changing as the name of the show. When I say yeah. that, term, that term, 
or that title? What does it mean for you? I think it, what it means for me essentially is that you don't get there and get a degree and hold it. Mm. It is kind of uh, along the lines of it's as good for the minute that you got it. But the minute after that, you have to sort of subscribe to a construct of it being evolutionary. You know, and so when I think about you, when you say, hey, leadership is changing, I sit back and say, yeah, and it needs to and it should. And what it means to me is that I have to create that mindset and evolve and constantly think of it that way. Because, again, it's not a degree like I didn't walk across the stage and somebody go, oh, hey, you know, here's your degree, your B.A. in leadership. No, I think it should be a B.A. in blank whatever the blank is in leadership has to be a continual thing. You can't subscribe to it once and say, I was a great leader because the the common word there is the past tense verb was. You got (laughs) Yeah. And it's not like, da-da, you've arrived. Okay, that's it. It's not. It's it's a becoming and you're going to be becoming for quite a while to actually learn to, to, to do that for sure. Oh, listeners, I don't know about you, but Phil and Peggy have just shared some fantastic insights and from their different episodes that where we've taken those different snippets from. Fantastic things and insights that they've shared. Please go ahead and check out their episodes, episode 129 for Phil Holden and 131 for Peggy Smith. Go ahead and check out those episodes because they are fantastic. Hey, if you haven't already joined the Facebook group or the LinkedIn page, Leadership is Changing, come along and check it out. And we'd love to see you there on those platforms. Hey, Tim, the other thing I'd love you to do is go ahead and share this episode with three other people. Uh, Send send them a link. Do whatever you need to do. Just get this episode out to their hands for them to listen to. Love you to share the thoughts and love about the Leadership is Changing podcast to other people. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they've been released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Share them with your friends, your family, your network. If there's any feedback you've got for me about the show, or if you've got a question for me to ask my guests as I interview them, or you have a question for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode that happens once a week, feel free to send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, hope you really enjoyed that mashup. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 